So you're about to listen to episode 40 of Women Who Kill. If you're liking the show so far, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Subscribe. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Those three things, very important. If you want to support with your dollar, stop by patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Join the women who Illuminati. Get free things. Bonus content. It's worth it. Our guest today, very funny comedian and uh, writer, Gina Bloom. Afternoon. Are you going home for holidays? I am not. I was actually just back in New York for most of the month of November, and that like ate all of my travel budget, so I'll be uh-huh. here in L.A. Okay. For the duration. It's nice when, uh, when no one's here. It is. Yes, it is. The traffic is great. Um, not much stand-up comedy going on, but other than that, it's pretty nice. You can get around. Yeah, no Christmas shows. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate when people do birthday shows and Christmas shows. Yeah, yeah. It's enough, guys. Like, like just you give yourself a... Right, give yourself the day off. It's fine. Self-care. Absolutely. Especially on your birthday. Yeah. Like, you're just forcing other people to, like, love your stand-up. I, I don't. I, it's, it's like the ultimate bringer. Yeah, right? Right. It's like, you, you have to come. It's my birthday and also watch me perform. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Carol Ann Fugate. So Carol is from Nebraska. Uh, she was born on July 30th, 1943. Uh, do you know what sign that makes her? Oh my God! I I only know my own sign. I'm such a bad, I'm such a bad Angelino. Uh, yeah, I, know, I don't. I I never. Um, I know no other signs but my own. Leo. What does that mean? Uh, it's the lion. I'm guessing like lion qualities. I'm just talking out of my ass literally right now. <laughs> um, I want to see if, if if her sign vibes with her uh, with her history. Let's see. Uh, all I I see theatrical and passionate. Uh, they like being in the spotlight. I could kind of see that if you believed like the narrative around Carol Ann at the time, because that was like the first media killers. Uh huh. Possibly uh, intelligent and motivated, mm-hmm. often seeking out situations that put them in the spotlight. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess you could say that's what an abusive relationship does. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. And, uh, you know, again, like whether she sought it or not, that was, you know, they were one of the first like celebrity murder couple, her and her her Mm -hmm. boyfriend, Charles Starkweather. Carol Ann is most famous for being the youngest I want to say woman, but she wasn't even technically a woman woman at the time. She was the youngest I guess you say female. Youngest female human to be uh, tried for first degree murder. Tried and convicted in for the first United degree States. murder in the mm-hmm. United States. Yes. 14 years old. 14. Now, they based uh, a bunch of movies on her story. Natural Born Killers being one of them. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? There was, um, there was Badlands. Yeah. Which was uh, like the first film to like adapt that story. Mm-hmm. 1973. 73. And I... Remember, there's a movie from the 90s, a horror movie called The Frighteners, directed by Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a Scooby-Doo thing where like, they were chasing ghosts, but it was the ghost of Charles Starkweather, or like basically what was supposed to be Charles Starkweather. And then Carol Ann was like, the surrogate for her was like some local like, eccentric woman that ended up like hooking up with a ghost and 
and causing supernatural shit to happen. I never had a desire to watch the movie like at the time, but now I kind of want to watch it. It it's sounds kind of not good if I remember correctly. Is it crazy though? It's crazy. And like, if you remember, um, remember the Lord of the Rings movies and they got the ghost army to fight for, you know, uh-huh. for Frodo at the end. Yeah. The ghosts from the ghost army look exactly like the ghost from the Frighteners. Like oh. he basically just, re- he just replicated his special effects. Okay, even though it was a lot older. Even though it was a lot older, yes. Like, it's almost exactly the same thing. That's funny. Uh, also, California with a K. California uh, with a K, yes. David Duchovny. Yeah. Juliette Lewis. Brad Pitt. Baby Brad Pitt. Baby Brad Pitt. With a pretty convincing southern accent. David Duchovny was so outmatched. Oh, oh my God. He was acted movie. off the screen by, like, everybody. Yeah. And even the woman that played his girlfriend, I can't remember her name, but she was a big back then like everybody was so much better oh than yeah Duchovny. she was uh she's super hot yes um what else was she was she in did she play the the girlfriend of the lead guy in the crush oh i think she did actually yeah i think she played carrie elways's girlfriend in the crush i think carrie elways is the boyfriend in that movie uh-huh. right that alicia silverstone gets the crush on Jennifer Rubin? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was her. her. Yeah. He's good in Californication, though, so he kind of, he, he made up for it. <laughs> Something about California <laughs> and that guy. Something about made-up words built around California <laughs> really attracts the company. So Carol was born in 1943. Yeah. Her parents were supposedly fine. Supposedly fine. I think I think I, I heard that her, her biological father was kind of an asshole and he ended up dying relatively young. Um and then basically mom remarried an older man named Marion. Uh-huh. And he was like a he was a fairly nice guy. And then um Carol Ann and her older sister were sort of from that first relationship and then Marion and Carol Ann's mother had um a baby of their own. Yeah. Together. Now, her boyfriend, uh, Charles Starkweather, did anyone call him Chuck? Did everyone call him Charles? I think they called him Charlie. I don't oh, know about Chuck. Okay. okay. Again, this is a little, a little before my time, but like... I feel like Chuck would have stayed in school. Chuck would have stayed in school, got his education. Been someone's boss. Yeah, yeah. He would have like, he would have got over the fact that he was 5'5", five five and, <laughs> you know... <laughs> what I love is so it's it's so shady what they do. I was reading like um like trial accounts or people would like like weigh in, like the law enforcement would weigh in and everybody that weighed in about Charles Starkweather just loved to like shit on his intelligence. They were uh-huh. they were so mean. Obviously this guy killed like eleven people. He didn't really deserve like much sympathy, but like they they went out of their way to shit on his intelligence, which was which is really kind of funny to me. I think one. I think the. I think the. I think the quote was, um, "He's two IQ points above idiot." Was what Aww. I read. And that was like in the newspaper at the time. <laughs> was like, the sheriff said that. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he was. Uh, he dropped out of high school, and then started yeah. started working at a warehouse. Yes. Right by Carol's middle school. Yeah. And that's how they met. Yeah, and then like he and then like his friend was dating Carol Ann's older sister. Yeah. And like they went on a double date together and he was 
she was 13 and he was like 19 at the yeah. time. Yeah. Where did they go? Where do you, where do you take a child on a <laughs> double you take date? A child on a double date. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the movies back then, like, what, I mean, it was also like Nebraska and like the early 50s. There wasn't much to do like, but cornfields. Cafe for a malt or something. Yeah, or probably you know, down to the down to the five and dime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ugh. So yeah, Bob Von Bush was Bob uh, Von Bush. Dating, yes, was dating Carrie's sister Barbara. Uh, every Bob was dating a Barbara. Yes, back in the back in the fifties, it was a very popular name. <laughs> so so yeah, he was working unloading trucks, um, and I mean, I couldn't find any information about how or why, like what the inciting incident was, other than. Uh, later, Carol told people that she had tried to break up with him. So from what I understand, because I, I watched a couple of little small documentaries about mm -hmm. them today. From what I understand is that... Um, 1958. 1958. Um, Charlie, Charles, was not... Uh, they didn't approve. The parents didn't, didn't approve of their relationship, obviously. So he was... Probably not because he was old, but because he... Uh, was stupid. Stupid, and he had no money, yeah. and like he couldn't pay his rent or anything like that. So, the story that I heard was that he went to a gas station to buy Carol Ann like a stuffed bear or something like that, uh -huh. and, he, and he didn't have any cash, and he tried to buy it on credit. And the gas station tenants like, "We don't sell this is a fucking gas station. There's no <laughs> such thing as credit here. You're not gonna borrow a stuffed bear." <laughs> so then the story is that Charles came back throughout the night buying small things like chewing gum and things like that. And eventually at the end of the night came back with a mask on, held the, held the, that clerk up. He couldn't have just went to a different he could place. Have just, I, you know, maybe there was the only gas station in town. I don't know. But oh, like, maybe I think maybe he just got, I think he got offended. Cause, yeah. Cause that, he, had a, he had a big chip on his shoulder and, um, comes back, holds the, holds the gas station attendant up, takes him hostage, drives him out, shoots him in the head, kills him disposes of the body, and then basically, because the law never figures it out, he decides that he's, he's superhuman. Okay. And that he can't, he's like, he's transcended, you know, morality and like, then the law. Now, how, how soon before the uh, official first murders yeah. of this case did this happen? That was about a month before. Okay. About a month before. So basically what happens is that Starkweather got in his head that he was, he was like beyond the law. So, so how did they find out about this guy? Did did he he confessed to he confessed the, to okay, it. yeah okay. he confessed to it later. Like he didn't even have to. He just he just added it. Okay, it was one of the reasons why they said he was stupid. Yeah, he's like he didn't even need to do that. He uh -huh. just gave us murders. <laughs> um, so he goes to visit um, Caroline's mother and stepfather. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, is January 21st, yes? Yes. Okay. And he's trying to, like, um, mend the relationship. And he says that he brings his shotgun with him. As you do. As you do. Because <laughs> he wanted to take uh, Caroline's stepfather hunting and, like, maybe bond, take some bonding time. That's what he said. Nothing that uh, a father wants more than yeah. to go on a hunting trip alone with alone. the boyfriend who he doesn't like right of his 13 year old daughter yeah. and he's like he's an he's an, an 18 year old like delinquent 
that is already well known for being violent around town. Uh-huh. By the way, he's he starts fights and like he's he's already been known as like one of the meanest kids. Was he really five five? I think so. Yeah, that's what I've read. So uh, apparently, when he was in when he was in school, he was uh, made fun of. Because he had a slight speech impediment. He had a speech and, impediment, uh, and he was bow-legged, and he had, like, a, a few things. Yeah. That... And then he realized that he could he could fight. Yes. So he then he just he started fight. beating people up for fun. Yeah. To like, and to, like, stop being bullied, he became a, <clears throat> the biggest bully. Classic origin story stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. And, yeah, then he, you know, he's there at uh, the Fugate farm, ranch, whatever, and, or house, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why I gave him a farm, but like it's the because it's Nebraska. Because Nebraska in '58, there's probably some crops there. He's there at the Fugate House, and um, then like accounts differ at that point. Basically, Caroline's parents are murdered with a shotgun, and um, and the baby, and the little baby, the little two-year-old baby was who murders a babe was punched and stabbed to death. Yeah, stabbed her, stabbed her in the neck. Yeah. Yeah, punched and stabbed to death by Starkweather. And according and different accounts vary. Caroline says she wasn't even home at the time. Uh, whereas later on, Starkweather said that she was there and participated in killing her mother. Uh, and then certain elements of law enforcement said that she was there but didn't actually assist in the killings and just sort of didn't actually kill them, just sort of assisted in the cleanup. But they didn't do any forensics or anything? I mean, they had to have some forensics back they, then. I don't think so. Like, they had what they have back then. Maybe fingerprints, but, like, there was no, there was no, like, disputing that Charles Starkweather did it. Yeah. Like, there was never any question about that. And, and as far as Carol Ann goes, I don't know. Like, they... Well, they locked themselves up in the house for six days for after six the murders days happened. six days after, with, with, you know, three people dead, basically. And Caroline maintained that she didn't know that anyone was dead until her until after she was arrested. Yeah, yeah, that's that was like one of the things that's like that seems unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Like, where do you think everyone fucking went? Right. And like, she wrote a note and pinned it to like the the front door to tell people to to stay away. <laughs> uh-huh. And like, what do you think your parents and your 2-year-old half sister are supposed to do for like 6 days? Like the yeah, the parts Yeah, they took off on foot. I'm sure there were still the car yeah, was still there. Yeah, certain parts of the story like and that's a, the difficulty about this story is that it's hard to determine like exactly what Caroline did and what she didn't do. Mm-hmm. She was convicted and I guess for the purpose of, you know, this podcast being called Women Who Kill, the fact that she has a conviction for for first degree murder qualifies her for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, do you believe Charlie Starkweather when he says that she killed basically all of the women? They escaped and they carjacked a guy by himself, killed mm-hmm. him for the car. And they decided they needed another car, so they were going to drive. Why? Because they ran out of gas? Is they didn't know how gas stations yeah, worked? Something like... stupid of that effect. They, they, they went back to... Um, Nebraska, yeah, and um, it did a home invasion on on the richest man in town. Okay, basically, for the purpose of stealing his car. And didn't like, take all of his money. Didn't take all of his money. Uh, they just you know they went there to like steal some food and Stupid. steal the car. And like the maid was there, and the wife was there, and they just again kind of fucked around for a little while. Uh huh. And then eventually killed the maid and killed the 
killed the wife and then waited for the... Can you imagine? Like, it wasn't shitty enough being a, a maid in Nebraska in yeah. 19, late 1950s? Right. And then you get these, like, hillbillies that just come in. And I can say that because I'm from the South. You get these hillbillies <laughs> that come in. Not that Nebraska is the South, but whatever. I mean, to us it is. It's, a, it's like everything else. It's not New York. <laughs> it's basically the South. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you get these... Get these like backwoods types and they come in and they just take over your house and like they're just being unpredictable and um and who knows if they were on substances because they certainly act like it. Uh-huh. They certainly act like they were on something, but like it wasn't really the time of like easy access to drugs. Yeah. So who knows what was going on in, in everybody's heads, whether Unless he it was... was like bootlegging or something. I mean, you could get like you could get speed, and you could get certain things um, in the fifties. Did you get cocaine from your doctor at the you time? Could, I don't think you could get cocaine from the doctor anymore since like the nineteen twenties. Okay, but like, <laughs> but like um, it was cer- it certainly existed. Uh-huh. I don't think you have much in Nebraska, but like, I mean, anything that like that like kids could get high off of pharmacies existed back then too. They could you know roll off cough syrup or something like that. Oh, and they, they had a to. they had horses. So maybe yeah. they were making their own glue. Maybe. Maybe they were getting <laughs> high off their own supply. I don't know. But according to Carol Ann, she was a, she was a hostage. She mm-hmm. didn't do any of this stuff. She just sat there and, um, and tried to leave but couldn't. Um, and Charlie even supported that early on. But, I mean, how hard could she have tried to leave when she was in her hometown? In her hometown. She's in her own home for six days. <laughs> Um, and she didn't, right. She didn't like, she didn't run to the police until the police were like in her like line of vision at the very end. (laughs) It wasn't until the police Uh actually showed up. Did she, did she make the decision to like run away? I, I don't know. I, you know, it's such a complicated thing because she's 13, 14 years old Mm -hmm. and you know, she doesn't have any experience of the world, and here's this scary guy. But on the other hand, yeah, she could have just, she could have done anything, really. She could have left a note. She could have, she was alone for so long and had, like, so much access to, like, everything. Mm-hmm. And she was in, like, these neighborhoods. They weren't that isolated. She went to this rich neighborhood. There was other houses, like, there. I don't know. I, it's Okay, so August Meyer was the, the rich dude. Yes. Who they killed. August Meyer. Uh, he was 70 years old. Uh, apparently, Charlie also beat the guy's dog to death. Yeah, yeah, I read that too. Yeah, because he didn't want the dog to alert the neighbors, so he beat the dog to death. So after August Meyer was Robert Jensen and Carol King, they, they robbed them for $4. <laughs> robbed them for $4. That wasn't even yes. a lot of money back then. That couldn't have been... Even with inflation, that couldn't have been more than like 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that would not have, that, that's a comically low amount of money to kill two people over. <laughs> and they didn't even kill them right away. No. No. They like held them hostage and just messed around with them. Like, you could have <laughs> let them go. You, you knew at some point, I mean, after finding out that they only had $4, maybe they tried to get more money out of them. Yeah. But when you realize that, yeah, four is really it, They're, these are kids could let them go. Yeah, it's details like that that really like put the lie to the to like the films that were inspired by them because like Natural Born Killers, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's uh-huh. a pretty silly movie. I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. I, it made me really uncomfortable that like how um 
how obsessed people were with that movie and yeah. how they kind of treated the 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 couple as heroes. Yeah, and like that was that was like the commentary was that they were heroes that they were really just these duplicitous like evil monsters. But like if you go back to the real inspiration and you find out who these people really were, they were just fucking dirtbags. Yeah, know? they could. They, they were just shitty people. They were just shitty for people no reason. <laughs> that that like indulge in murder over four dollars because like they didn't know what to do at that point. They were they were just I think they were just killing that couple because. They didn't want to let them go and get caught. Yeah, and they didn't necessarily want to commit to ki- com- to killing them right away because they just, I guess, had to talk themselves into it or or whatever. <laughs> then they killed a thirty seven year old named Merle. Go, poor yeah, Merle. Poor Merle. A shoe salesman. Yeah, yeah, traveling shoe shoe salesman, and I believe that's at that point. If, correct me if I'm wrong. At that, that point, that was the Merle was the the last, the yeah. last person they killed. And I, they it, didn't even steal his car. They they killed him in his car and then stashed his body under under his dash. Yes, and then 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 they saw the dead body. I believe the law enforcement saw the dead body or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And that's when that's when the um. That's when Caroline ran out of the car and basically Charlie sped off and they they gave chase with Caroline running back to the other law enforcement that was there. Yeah. Uh, turning herself in, saying Charlie uh, kidnapped her while Charlie like had a 100-mile-per-hour freeway chase that ended with him also getting caught shortly thereafter. Why did they kill him? I don't know. They I, knew these these two were killing people. Yeah. They knew they, at the very least, they knew that they had killed this man. Absolutely, of course. And then, you know, by then, like, by then, like, uh, they were well-known. They were well-known fugitives. Like, mm-hmm. that, was, that was a huge deal. Uh, obviously, not much happens in, like, Nebraska, Wyoming. Yeah. So the fact that you have two teenagers shooting up farmhouses, stealing cars and killing people, yeah. obviously, was, like, all anyone could talk about. So they were very famous by then. So they went to trial pretty shortly after yeah, the arrest. Ran right through trial. Charlie was apparently only tried for a single murder uh, for Robert Jensen. I guess, that's, I guess they figured since it was a death penalty case, they didn't need to, yeah. they didn't need to kill him again. And like, there's this funny detail where he had the option of being tried in Wyoming or in Nebraska, and he right. opted for Nebraska because he felt that death by electric chair was going to be better than death in the gas chamber, which is what they had in Wyoming. Hmm. But he didn't realize that the governor of Wyoming at the time was a staunch anti-death penalty person and was commuting all death sentences. Oh, shit. So he basically, and that's, again, that's part of like, that's part of like the legend of of Charlie being a, a historical like dumbass, yeah. is that he, he ran to the to the state that had the death penalty in order in order to avoid the death penalty. There's the possibility that he knew, yeah, but did it anyway because he wanted Carol Ann to be punished too. Yeah, there and like again, that's you know, there's there's so much muddy about this case because he originally supported Caroline and said that she had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But then when he found out that Carol Ann was 
basically giving him up. He gave her up and started saying that she was heavily involved in the murders. Right. And that that could be a thing. And I think that, you know, Starkweather had, for his, for all his doltishness, he mm-hmm. had a sense of the of the dramatic. He um he modeled his appearance and demeanor after James Dean. And he has this very famous quote about going to the electric chair with Carol Ann on his lap. Yeah. So I think maybe he was just like the electric chair is just more dramatic. <laughs> I you know, it's like he he loved being famous. He would have did it for the gram. He would have done it for the gram, yeah. basically. He he loved being famous. He loved the attention. I don't know if he was a Leo, but he certainly adopted those Leonine qualities. Uh-huh. So maybe he just did it for the gram. Maybe he just did it for the drama. I don't know. Now, apparently, as far as where they hid the, the bodies of the family, Marion was in the chicken coop. Uh, the mom was in the outhouse. And the baby was in a cardboard box. Yeah. By the mom. Yeah, that's, that's brutal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, after they got arrested, uh, Starkweather was obviously immediately convicted. Carol Ann was also convicted, but she couldn't receive the death penalty because of how young she was. Right, right. So she was, and also probably because she was yeah, yeah, a pretty young a, white a pretty girl. pretty young white girl. <laughs> yes, pretty young uh, white girl from, from the farm. Yeah. That was a picture of her. She has this other picture of her like drinking like a like a Coke bottle and uh-huh. it looks like she looks like something out of like the movies. It's really kind of like glamorous. Uh-huh. I, mean, I I I've I tried to find more information about the trial, but it didn't it doesn't seem to be a lot uh on the internet. There's some books out there. But from what I understand, the trial was like one of those trials of the century. Like it was such a big deal and like right. they were treated like celebrities and that was Again, kind of the echo of like natural born killers and things like that mm-hmm. in the in the pop culture, all stemmed from this one case. Yeah the the jury was a a pretty even jury. It was almost half and half, men and women. Yeah, and she was sentenced to life in prison. Yes, and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of press. Mm-hmm. In the, in the trial, uh, there was a, a newspaper article that was talking about how when she was sentenced, uh, the entire courtroom was quiet except for her crying. Yeah, and was yeah. talking about like how she was embraced by the prosecutor and was like crying into yeah. his shoulder. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, you know, the very sympathetic, right? Yeah, the and like, but sometimes you would find like portrayals where she was, where they, were, you know, they were playing off the whole juvenile delinquency thing. Like, oh, uh, no, these kids are the end of the of society. These are rock and roll kids. Yeah. They're rock and roll music, just, you know, killing their parents. It's a little bit like the Lizzie Borden phenomenon where oh. they, they just don't think that a girl, especially a young one, yeah. is capable of stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. like, I mean, there have been plenty of cases where young women have gone and done pretty horrible things. Yeah, uh, and... uh I mean, farm girls are strong. <laughs> farm girls are strong. Yeah, they have to like, they have to like plow and shit and like milk cows or whatever. Uh huh. But like, I mean, you you hear even like recently, like even those few years ago, like the Slender Man stabbing and like yeah, 
So yeah, there and like those kids were about Carol Ann's age. So like it happens. Yeah. It's not unusual, but like and I and they do this still. They were just putting their own impressions. Like either Carol Ann is indicative of like a youth culture gone wild because like it was the late fifties and there were like greasers and rebel without a cause and like mm-hmm. people were people were afraid of like high school kids like rioting in the streets. And she was enthralled by Charlie's hair gel. Yes, and she was enthralled by Charlie's hair gel and his like James Dean demeanor and like and the way he like held his cigarette like half out of his mouth like James <laughs> Dean like it was a whole thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you know other but you know a lot of them were like you know she's just an innocent young thing and like little girls aren't built that way. Mhm. So who knows? So who knows? Yeah. But uh she was sentenced and she served 18 years. Yes. Before being paroled? The sentence was commuted. So, yes. So she was essentially pardoned? Essentially pardoned and was let go and led a quiet life after that. Was a model she was so prisoner. well behaved. Yes. Model prisoner, led Bible studies in, in prison. But, like, shouldn't that be the default? Like, the way that it should be is if you get life in prison, yeah. if you're good, then you should just continue to get life in prison. And if you're bad then you should get more time. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't be like, well, since you behave so well, no, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what in you're prison. supposed to do. And you're supposed to be a nice person. That's, that's the point. You know, I think that, I think that's part of it. I think that probably there was some doubts in the actual prosecution itself because, um, the actual physical evidence of what Caroline did was pretty, pretty spare. Mm-hmm. It was just basically stark weather. Um, and his, and you know, what he said, and then like some basic like inconsistencies in her story, she was 13 years old. Who knows? Like she, she also not very bright. What's 15 plus 18? That's what, 33? Is it? Yeah. So she was 33. 33 when she got out. When she got out. She still had her entire life ahead of her. So she could have gone into comedy easily. (laughs) Uh-huh. Could have had, you know, a Netflix special by 41. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, she could have been fine. Well, what's uh, crazy is people say that one of the movies that came out while she was in prison possibly helped her get Oh, parole. really? That's fascinating. I hadn't heard that. Uh, what is that, the, the one movie you mentioned? Was um, that Badlands? Yes. Yes. Because it was such a... It painted her in such a positive light yeah. that it was impossible to not be affected by it, especially because of how popular a movie was. Right. There was, there was like zero chance that everyone on the parole board hadn't seen that movie. Yeah. And like Badlands is not about them. It's inspired by them. Like right. Badlands takes place in South Dakota and it's not even the same people. But she says that that portrayal was right. actually the closest to what really happened. That's interesting. I remember, I haven't seen Badlands in quite a while, but I remember watching it. And like, it's a, it's a really beautifully made film. Terrence mm-hmm. Malick is like one of the best visual filmmakers ever. But, um, but reading the, the account of the brutality of what, at the very least, Charles Starkweather did compared to the sort of offhandedness of the characters in Badlands. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was intended to be like an accurate depiction of that because the, right. the real people are way more savage 
than the, like the misguided hippies of Badlands. They're, I wonder what she would have had to say about natural born killers. Probably not much good. <laughs> I don't think so. Probably not much good. She's like, no, that was nothing yeah, like, that was nothing nothing at like, all, like it. Nothing like it. Nothing at all. <laughs> Those people were bad. We were good. <laughs> yes. Now, she, what's crazy is that even though she was 34 when she got out, she didn't get married until she was 63 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of surprised because I always had in my head that she just went on to like have like a suburban life after that. Mm-hmm. But I guess I had my, my murderesses crossed with someone else. Well, it was hard for her to have a normal life because she didn't get married. So she kept the state. She didn't right. get married or change her name. So everyone knew who she was. And oh, fascinating. she wanted to go into, uh, she wanted to become a nurse, I believe, or a, a, yeah. a medical technician. But even though she was allowed to. Right. First, who knows? I didn't know you could be convicted of murder and get a job in the medical field. But uh, no one would hire her, even though she legally could have the job because everyone, yeah. no one would trust her. So she just ended up uh, being a janitor at hospitals. Yeah, I guess having felony murder conviction. On... <laughs> it's a little tough on the resume. A little tough on the resume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little harder to get those good jobs. <laughs> So she did that until she met her husband, who was a, a weatherman. They stayed married for a really long time until he died in a car accident. He died in a car accident, yes, not maybe four or five years ago. Yes. <laughs> he flipped the car. And yeah. uh, she was in it at the time. She was really badly injured. Mm-hmm. And she's been holding on ever since. She's not, she's not so old that it's like inconceivable that she's still around doing stuff yeah but she had a couple strokes yes her her kid says she had a decent life aside from yeah i mean i don't want to say had because she's not dead right right (laughs) she lived she has lived a decent life so far so far aside from the injuries and the illnesses injuries and the illnesses but like it's interesting because like she's famous for something that happened over the course of like Almost 60 years ago now. Yeah, almost 60 years ago now, over the course of like basically two weeks. And then she was in prison for longer than she had been alive at that point. Yeah. So she spent, the time she got out, she spent more than half her life in prison. But had, you know, 60 years of life left after. Like, that's that's an interesting story. Even if she didn't do anything. Like, what -hmm. what happens, you know, when like there's there's some lady at the grocery store... (laughs) And you don't know the fact that she was implicated and convicted of, you know, murdering 11 people. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, she's all sweet and polite. Yeah, she's all sweet and polite, you know, clipping coupons and, like, just some nice old lady in, like, Michigan at that point. And, yeah. Uh, that's a picture of her uh, right before she got out. Oh, when she was... Oh, she looks like um, Laura Prepon from... You're getting a little Alex Voss out of A little of- Alex Voss vibe out yeah. of her there with the glasses. Yeah, the little <laughs> cat eye glasses she had there. Yeah, uh-huh. a little Alex Voss going on. That's funny. So today, Carol Ann still uh, says she didn't do it. Of course, yeah. I don't imagine she'd change her story at this point. <laughs> she wishes, she, she wishes uh, she'd never met that guy. She tells a lot of people that. And I- she's only spoken publicly about it once. She She went on a radio show. Yeah. And a couple of people called in and were like, we don't think you did it because we are women who were in shitty relationships. Right. Too. And uh, 
She appreciated that. I'm sure and she did. Yeah, hasn't sure hasn't did. spoke on it since. 1996. 96. That makes was sense. Was that yes. radio interview. And uh, that was that was the last press she got. And that 1996 is the same year uh, Natural Born Killers came out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm sure that had something to do with it. It was a big hit film. <laughs> she saw that. She saw the trailer saw for that movie like, and was like, I'm not talking to anybody. No. <laughs> ever yeah, again. This is done. No more. <laughs> And like it wasn't the only movie like that. There were uh-huh. plenty of like so many, so many like Lovers on the Lamb type movies, and like it's all like a cross between like Bonnie and Clyde and. and For Springsteen wrote a song about her. Springsteen wrote Nebraska, the song about her. Uh, rips off Charlie's famous quote about having her sit on his lap in the electric chair. Uh-huh. Um, and like I, I've heard the Springsteen song quite a bit because you know I'm. I'm from that like culture and like uh-huh. yeah i think i think like i think she may be right about how she's portrayed in the media caused her to get sympathy because like in the springsteen song it's very like it's very much charlie is this like methodical monster and like caroline was this child mm-hmm. that he basically stole out of the front yard at least in, <laughs> at least in the song obviously it's not what happened uh-huh. but basically in the Springsteen song, he sees her twirling a baton in her front yard, gets aroused, goes inside, kills her parents, and kidnaps her. Oh, really? Yeah, this is this is Mr. Born in the USA. Here. <laughs> Jesus, this is when he was like going through like a dark, a dark <laughs> period. Yes, he's getting a divorce or something. Okay. Like... <laughs> wow. So that is the story. That's the story of Caroline Fugate. Yeah. And her stupid boyfriend. And her stupid, stupid Charlie. boyfriend, Charlie Starkweather. What a great name for a villain! I hate to be shallow like that, though. Starkweather, like, uh-huh. I, I'm sure, I'm sure there are other people that are in that family that are like, oh, God damn it, we have this fucking mass murder in our in our line, and then we have this name Starkweather. Yeah, it's like it's like having the name Hitler or something. Like, it just it just sounds like a villain. It just sounds like a villainous name, but like, but also just the just the root word Starkweather. He mm-hmm. sounds like. Dark days. Yeah, he's he's bringing the storms with him. It's like, <laughs> it's like he sounds like a fictional character. And does it make it so much more ironic that she later married a a, a weatherman? Nice little weatherman. Yeah, <laughs> that is fascinating. There's a little bit of screenwriter symmetry going on in there. <laughs> she went from stark weather to uh to like calm weather. Yes, to a guy who to a guy who knows what the weather is going to be before it happens. He can see the stark weather coming. You got any final words on this case? What I like about the, it, it's, this is always such a touchy subject because like people got brutally killed. A baby got killed. Yeah. This is, this is a hard thing to romanticize, but like, because I'm a movie person and because like I've, I've seen so many of the things that were inspired by this case mm-hmm. that it's kind of hard not to be like, oh, that was this movie, and that movie got this thing from that, and like, uh-huh. it's hard. It's hard not to be a little callous because uh-huh. it happened so long ago. I'm like, oh, this is just like the Frighteners. Oh, this is just like this happened. They got this from Badlands. Got this part from the story, and and uh, turned it into this thing. And mm-hmm. like Natural Born Killers, really fucked. Was up the, the baby story. in any of those? Any of the generalizations? No, no, they really they. I think the Hollywood people are like, we can't kill a two-year-old baby. This is, this is, a, this is a step we can't It's such go an through. American film thing. Like, 
we yeah. we can show people's heads exploding, right? But we we won't show like they, real fucking. They don't or even babies dying. They don't even show as far as I can remember. They don't even show all the dogs he killed. <laughs> this dude was like killing dogs right and this left. One thing that Americans won't stand for. Yeah, I mean he killed he killed like Caroline's parents' dog, also I believe, and then uh-huh. he killed like the dog from like the the industrialist house. Like people he, would be picketing. Like oh man, this guy is yeah. He would lose. All sympathy, all like sex symbol status if they knew how many fucking dogs he killed. <laughs> Fucker. Now, kill, if, if Woody babies, Harrelson okay. had killed a yes. dog and natural born killers, then so many more people would be like, this guy clearly is a villain. Yeah, this guy, this, there's nothing inspiring. I, he, he needs to die. He needs, <laughs> Mickey and Mallory need to die. They killed a dog. <laughs> So they need to, when they remake that movie, which they eventually will. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, it's got to, it's got to end with a, a Yorkie getting, yeah. getting popped. Yeah. Yeah. And so then people can really understand. Can really feel the visceral impact of these murders. Yeah. These, these <laughs> real life murders of, of actual babies. <laughs> they killed dogs too. Fuck that guy. <laughs> So, uh, Gina, what what do you have uh, coming up that you want might want people to check out? Uh, I have season two of my own podcast coming out. Uh, it is called Sweet, the Ladies' Guide to Bro Culture, and we talk about movies, just like we did a little bit here today as well. Okay, uh, that is debuting in the second season, debuting in the middle of January. Okay, and we're doing uh, a special salute to the films of the Fast and the Furious franchise. We're oh, doing, there's so many. Doing all nine in a row. Oh wow! First nine episodes of the season. Are you gonna do like a like a marathon, like an all day thing, or? Uh, no, we're doing like once a week, okay. but like it's different guests, different Fast and the Furious movies, and mm-hmm. then after after those nine are completed, then you know I haven't seen any of those. Well, I might have to get you in because we still we've only taped the first four as of the taping of this episode. So okay, we'll see about getting you in to see um something from five and beyond. That's one that actually when the series gets really good. Did so. you know that Paul Walker was a creep? I did actually. It's people don't want to believe it. People don't, people don't like it when it. I bring it up. Yeah, yeah, and like he was such a good looking dude that yeah. he, like it's weird when good looking dudes are creeps. Uh huh. Because it's like why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would you be a creep? You're a good looking dude. Uh huh. But he was. Um, James Franco also creep. I know that's I know that's old news, yeah, but like can't yeah. say it enough. Um, yeah. So that's happening. Second season coming out soon. Uh, I also have. Um, make it rain comedy at Cheetahs, uh, which Kai has been on. And fun it's show, a super fun show. Stand up and stripping, y'all. Stand up and stripping. And while we took the month of December off for the holidays, we'll be back January nineteenth at Cheetahs. So oh, January nineteenth. That's yes. my birthday. I will not be in town. Well, that's but okay. It's your people birthday. People who are in town should go. Absolutely. If you're in LA, check it out. And that's what and that's what I'll be doing in the short term. Okay. Uh, now, do you want people to find you on socials? Where are you at? Uh, yes, you can find me on all social media at Gina Bloom. That is J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M. That is Instagram and Twitter. Uh, probably Facebook as well, but who uses that shit anymore? Um, uh-huh. Certainly Instagram and Twitter. I use it. I don't tell people about it, though. I, uh, it's basically just carbon copies of all my tweets. So, like, if you follow yeah. me on Twitter, it's the same thing. Yeah. Facebook is just Twitter two weeks later. Exactly. Gina, thanks for uh, for coming on. This well, was thank fun. Thank you, Kai. This has been fun. You just listened to episode 40 of Women Who Kill. 
If you want to send me an email, send it on over to wwkpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, don't forget to subscribe. Thanks again for listening. And I want to see, I want to say, I'll see you guys next week. But uh, if not, just know that uh, shit got too crazy for Christmas. And I'll see you a week after that. Either way, I'll either see you in a week or two weeks. All right. Thanks for listening.